Hello, everyone, and welcome to OHSC Interviews. I'm Vincenzo Calla, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, I'm happy to have with me the MPP for Halberton Kawartha Lakes Brock, Lori Scott. Lori was first elected in 2003 and served until 2007, and then returned in 2011. She has served in a variety of roles as an MPP in opposition, in many shadow critic roles, and now in government. From 2018 to 19, she served as Ontario's Minister for Labour, and then served for Ontario's Minister for Infrastructure from 2019 to 2021. Lori is an advocate for victims of human sex trafficking in Ontario, both inside and outside the legislature, and has received national awards for her work. Thank you, Lori, for your time, and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So we're going to start off the interview with our question and answer segment, and these questions are all asked by our, our members of our high school team. And also, before I start, I just wanted to thank you for coming on. You are the first uh, MPP on our show this season, so the first of many MPPs on our show heading up to the June election. So Great to have you here today, and obviously you'll see reflected in our questions, we're going to talk election too. So we're going to start off with the first question, which is one of the questions I made up, which was, what did you learn in opposition, maybe through shadow critic roles and sort of the, the workings of opposition that helped you during your time as a minister? That's a great question, and thank you uh, for being president of the uh, Ontario High School Conservative Association and all your members out there for uh, being part of our team. And you're right, I've had the honor of being elected since 2003, and I will always tease people that I will never get a certificate for uh, all the, the things I've learned since being in government, uh, in, in provincial governments, but um, and the people you meet. And the knowledge you glean and it you know it's fabulous so you do learn a lot and by the time we got into government because i'd been the better part of um oh gosh like 14 years in opposition really so we had a big list of things i wanted to get done because we'd heard it not only from my constituents but uh, from across the province so you already had a super network of people that you met either through critic roles because i had many critic roles in opposition or um you know just people you networked through you know i'd always say the story of premier bill davis hey what a, what a superman i knew him before i was elected my dad had been a federal politician and oh my goodness the people that uh you know were always willing to lend you near how you do things and that's the type of connections you make and and you kindly brought up my work uh to fight uh human sex trafficking and that charge that uh we started in uh 20 you know 12 really um and where it has led to and that was you know you met people police forces survivors of uh, human trafficking and their input and then you connected through different associations and communities in my own community groups were like what's happening and how can we help that type of thing helps you to build in that case private members bills that led to legislation that got you know introduced by the former liberal government even though i was in opposition right reaching across party lines learning how it works what can be acceptable in terms of what you might make the bill too aggressive in any type of bill and how to moderate and get things done so there is you know, when they say network and getting to know as many people and that as you can, it absolutely uh, comes through when you need to get things done. And as your journey through, you know, 
you're in high school now, but as your journey in life goes, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And I, you know, I kind of knew that from my dad and my family and community roots, but wow, the networking world outside is incredible and lots of people are there to help you. Definitely. And I mean, we see it, obviously you're in government now, so you have even more opportunities to create more networks. And even uh, on this show, we've had plenty of MPPs, well, a lot of MPs on, and obviously the Conservative Party of Canada is in opposition. So we've had plenty of discussions about uh, shadow critics and going and reaching across those party lines. So I'm sure familiar um, regulars of the show will be familiar with what you're saying about reaching across party lines and party members' bills, uh, private members' bills, and um, a lots of connections. And really, that's important. And I'm sure it did help you during your time as minister. And now, uh, just as a, a sitting member, not in a portfolio right now, but I'm sure it, it's it's very helpful. Yep, it's it's been great, and I just want to give a shout out to uh, when we mentioned the human uh, trafficking fight uh, to all the present ministers and the ministers when I was in like a collective unit in the government and Premier Ford, absolutely 100% behind us letting us make changes to education, to, you know, Attorney General, Solicitor General, Ministry of Children and, and uh, Services to collectively keep that fight going and, and concentrate and zero in on where we need to make the changes and who we need to work with. So, you know, that takes leadership from the top. And uh, I, you know, way back, a small group of us set the foundation and it's just been great when you're in government to see the, the, the leadership that everyone has played in our party to keep that issue going forward. So if I can use that example, I, I like to use it. Good things can happen. And it doesn't usually get the press as much as all the other things that we're dealing with. <laughs> There's just so much going on right now. And before the pandemic, your government was busy. Imagine now during the pandemic, but we'll get to that after. <laughs> so the second question comes from Vasu and Ajax. And he wanted to ask, recently the Ontario government invested in uh, Peterborough and Kawartha Lakes manufacturers to boost regional economy. What does this provide for your constituents and how can you make sure it goes through as fast as possible before the election? Absolutely. And you know, our, our Premier and uh, Minister Fideli, uh, Economic Development, Jobs and Trade, I think is the title fully, um, you know, they're like the best salesmen you'll ever see in the province. Like they, I mean, we're crippled by the pandemic and the fact we can't travel, but, you know, virtually they have continued on and, you know, strengthened, I think it's $7 billion worth of relief for businesses, whether it's reduced hydro rights, uh, less red tape, just attracting businesses back to Ontario because, you know, we have a workforce, we have an incredible um, IT workforce. I mean, we're, we're better than Silicon Valley and lots of things. Again, a hidden secret because our universities and colleges have adapted and, you know, you can, it, it, it's, it's such a draw, you know, the, just the things they've done with the auto sector and I'm naming a few. And then locally, you're right, the Eastern Ontario Development Fund, so thank you uh, for the question, uh, was just in with Mr. Fidelli last week. And, these are funds that we've given to uh, companies that qualified and we, we do, were at uh, Colonial Log and Timber and also to Beller Mectronics and Omimi. So it's incredible the diversity <laughs> of the businesses, but they applied it. It's just that like extra boost that um, helps those companies put more of their own money into, right? It's just like an incentive. And they create jobs, they strengthen our local manufacturing, which we are gaining back in spades. Uh, you know, it, it's been fabulous because I sat in opposition when the government lost 300,000 
um, good paying manufacturing jobs. So, so to try and get that manufacturing back. Um, so they sign contracts with the ministry when they get approved and get that money flowing. Sometimes it's over a year, but usually there's a, what we call a, a transfer payment agreement. So it's signed and, and it carries on. Um, you know, it's already signed in official and it doesn't matter the election call type thing. It, it, it's in it's in motion. And so, you know, Colonial Log and Timber, you know, is it like a three generation manufacturing um, company that does the beautiful log and timber homes. And, uh, you know, it was like $195,000, you know, dollars. And that, you know, helps them fully automate their manufacturing process, gains efficiency. You know, they're going to double production it's incredible to say just that little bit with their, you know, also obviously their input of, of dollars to, you know, from 25 to 50 home kits per year, uh, just to, to meet, you know, customer demand. And, but this, this is, you know, they're selling, they could be selling all over the world. And to meet the, we went in there and met the, the workers, so a, a couple were just new and they're getting trained on it. And I think, I can't remember the name, but there is one of those shows that, uh, the, they're they're building a resort for so you know those televised shows where they go <laughs> on the builders can't remember the name of it right now but that's going to happen and then beller Mectronics is incredible in omimi because they um they do a lot of engineering work and design and manufacture hydraulic manifolds and other fluid power components and robotic auxiliary equipment which is like what does all that mean but they get orders from all over the world to make specific um, machines for industry and they can they're turning around quickly and it's talking like it's in an empty was an empty building in Omimi Ontario which is between Lindsay and Peterborough and you know it's just you know smart manufacturing and he's a you know an Ontario great Ontario story great location they want to stay there they want to build a new building and you know they're talking creating five jobs now but they want to like create a hundred jobs in the near future. So again, those contracts are signed, you know, the money's starting to flow and we're talking about another program that they can sign up for. And just uh, lots of, and there was lots of women in trades there too. So we had a great time <laughs> in promoting women in trades, women in engineering. Uh, it was fantastic. Well, that's all amazing things. And really when you were talking about it, the thing that struck out to me is that, wow, this is all made in Ontario. This is all Ontario jobs benefiting to Ontario's economy and it's stuff that's worldwide and Ontario is it's booming Ontario's um I think it was when we had Rudy Cusetto on last season one of our very first interviews maybe episode six or something like that of season one we were talking about Ontario becoming the economic engine again especially now is the best time to make sure we're on that track now that we're recovering from the pandemic and we pretty much have a not a fresh start, but we have a good starting base to to sort of bring that economy back up. And um, and like you said, we have businessmen running the province. We have Doug Ford, Premier Ford, who's a businessman running the province and a great team of, of ministers as well, like you mentioned, who are all working very hard on this. And really, it's it's something amazing that um, that's going to benefit Ontarians and Ontario's economy for years, for decades to come, for sure. So we're going to go into the third question, which is um, you're very passionate about encouraging women to get actively involved in, in public life and politics. And um, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think that the Ontario PC party can do to encourage more women to run in elections, especially now as we are entering an election period? 
Absolutely great question. And I certainly, you know, I'll tell you when I first started, and I think it still holds true to a certain extent that you really had to be encouraged as a woman to enter politics. Um, so you try to be out there just by the fact, you know, fortunate enough to get elected and I'm a woman in politics. And I think there was only three of us uh, when I first got elected in 2003 on our side. Um, and then to see that expand uh, to more women in the legislature and in after the 2018 election, I think there was um, 49 out of 124 ridings were represented by women. And that was like 39.5%, which was the highest of any provincial legislature across the province. And the 25 out of 76 MPPs were women in our, in our party specifically. So just being involved encourages more women you know, and just, you know, telling the truth of it, it's a difference between an urban riding and a city riding, how much sacrifice of time you have to make too, just because rural ridings are, you know, more demanding just by the nature of the riding. Um, so you have to have a lot of, um, you know, conversations like you're not at every birthday party. And, you know, my dad, in a sense, took us as kids with him to a lot of things, but, you know, you have to have a family unit. It's a whole buy-in, uh, to, to, you know, be able to do the job fully and, you know, people like it or don't like it type of thing, but you try to be honest and upfront and uh, women, you know, treat, we want more women in politics. I think every party does that, but we really want more women in politics. We have um, the PC Women in Politics, so PC WIP uh, organization. President is Sandra Larmer at the moment. And you know, she, they do workshops, training sessions, uh, you know, just different approach. Women, natural fundraisers, the way men are, you know, just every gamut we look at. But, you know, we're leading by example. The premier has a lot of strong women representation in portfolios, uh, which is fantastic to see. And they're doing a great job. And, you know, he recognizes the important, you know, side of life and, and, and challenges that women um, face that may be different. And it, I have to tell you, just personally being in opposition and being in government and cabinet, I mean, it changes the dynamic at the table and the different perspectives, you know, we bring it as women, but we also bring it from different backgrounds, right? I nursed before, other people are teachers, lawyers, you know, they have done lots of politics agriculture backgrounds. I mean, it's fantastic. So you bring all those things to the table. And I find it now out there in writings, you know, maybe 40 years ago, they, people weren't as tuned to voting for women to represent them. Now I think people love it. I mean, I have people that come to say to me and they say, we don't know you, but the fact that you're just a woman, what's well, great. Like, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. It shouldn't just happen that way, but there is that refreshing saying god yeah get in there like <laughs> crack it go by example so you go and, and you do it and uh you know it's not for everybody as politics isn't whether you're man or woman but if you like it i, I there isn't there isn't the barrier right you just you have to know what you're getting into but there's lots of training there's lots of support there's lots of women supporting women and the premier is very supportive well for sure and i mean i think it's important that now going forward especially I'm, I'm going to keep mentioning this, but in an election year, I'm seeing uh, as more and more ridings that aren't represented uh, by PC MPPs are starting to choose their their nomination candidates. The website's pretty full in terms of uh, in terms of a good mix of of uh, PC candidates who are who are women and new refreshing ideas coming to the table. I've been uh, 
trying to reach out to some candidates. Uh, we reached out to a lot of uh, CPC candidates in the federal election. So we hope to do the same with this election. And it's just so refreshing to see such a good, um, I mean, our party already has a great diverse team of people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. And I think that it's, it's great that we have um, more people with different backgrounds coming forward. And even um, that's, it's just amazing. And I mean, I can, go a little deeper into it, but I don't want to because we still have a couple more questions to go on to, but it's just so encouraging to see, especially the leadership in the party uh, by Christine Elliott, the deputy premier, the the amount of leadership she brings to the press conferences, to to uh, to the the floor of the legislature, and um, and really a lot of the the stepping in when sometimes the premier can't make it, she steps in and she's a fantastic leader in the party, and we need more people like that to to carry the banner. So I agree gonna, with you more. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go into the fourth question, which is another question about the election. Surprise, surprise. And this one comes from Rain from Toronto. And he asks, how is the Ontario PC party being prepared for another victory? And are you optimistic that you'll get a position in government or even opposition? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you always have to work really hard to get reelected. And uh, it is a tough job. And the fact you go and ask you know, probably 80,000 potential voters <laughs> every, you know, four years, maybe sooner, um, if you've done a good job and whether you, you know, can have the job again. So it's, uh, it's not, a, that's, it's a bit of a tough thing when people get into politics that that, that does happen. And, and a lot, um, a lot of preparation is behind the scenes. And the average person does not know how much preparation, how much manpower of volunteer, man, woman power of volunteerism that you need to get. It's a team sport, right? So I might be the front for the writing here, but it, there's a lot of team preparedness. There's fundraising, there's getting volunteers, there's door knocking. It's just a lot of work. So, yep, we are in the throes of doing this. And we have um, been as a party you know, organizing for a long time. As you said, those great list of candidates that you're seeing, they don't come overnight, right? There's lots that I've talked to to persuade to win, to give them the straight goods of uh, what it's like. Uh, and, you know, they, they want to put their name in the ballot. So I am very proud of the list of candidates that we have. I haven't got to meet them all yet, but I think we will soon. I think we can get together soon in the month of February anyway, as a, you know, a caucus that includes our candidates that are going to be representing us. So, you know, we're getting ready. We know a lot of the um, a lot of the issues. I mean, it's going to be, you know, how you did in the pandemic, how people thought you did in the pandemic. Uh, right now, it's it's a bit of a tough time. That the numbers are looking good when you look at the parameters of what we look for and the indicators for the pandemic and relieving some of the restrictions. So, it's going to be better times uh, for sure. Getting close up, and we've done so much more in healthcare. You mentioned Christine Elliott, the great job she's done. You know, long term care the great job that um, our ministers, I think we have three ministers now, but we made long-term care its own separate ministry during this time so that we've got lots of, you know, beds that are in, in the progress of being developed, like 22,000, I think, new and 17,000 upgraded beds, which is a huge amount. We won't get into the political thing of how the Liberals only, made, you know, created 611 new long-term care beds when they were in <laughs> office. Anyway, long story. I don't want to get into that one because as I said, I was a nurse before, so I can talk healthcare a lot, but you know, broadband's a big issue up here. You know, again, Premier Ford listened, you know, largest, almost $4 billion investment, the largest in Canada, the largest in history to start to build that network out so we can all access <laughs> the internet 
you know, in a fair manner, because as you know, rural Ontario was uh, was very stuck in a lot of areas. I would say 40% of my riding alone doesn't have adequate or any broadband, which is absolutely a massive number. But well, know, we haven't been broken up yet, so this is a good indicator. <laughs> good indicator. It's a good indicator. Things are getting better, but that all leads to more jobs. You know, job creation. You know. The supports we've given in rural Ontario through infrastructure dollars, um, you know, the great job the Minister of Labour, Mr. McNaughton, has done, you know, on getting more skills development, making it more accessible, you know, just all types of things to try and help businesses get through. So there's been lots of investments. So we run, you know, we're in government now. It's my This is my election where I'm running, uh, defending our record. So that's the first time I've done that. It's going to be my sixth election. <laughs> so busy (laughs) it'll be you know the pandemic nobody's ever you know done that in in Ontario um so run after a pandemic and probably still remnants of it are be out there but it's it's good it's gonna be a challenge but I you know you gotta love campaigning (laughs) (laughs) campaigning is always is always a good time I mean I got involved fully into my first campaign like my full first campaign in the the recent federal election and hopefully in the upcoming provincial election and especially as you said now it's uh defending records and uh putting a a future forward because this election is going to be probably most vital in terms of creating a new future for Ontario and uh that's for sure so um I would love to talk more about that but we're going to go into the last segment which is called advice for the next generation and we we talk about youth involvement in politics more we ask this question to every single of our uh guests and it's something really simple, really quick, doesn't have to be too much in depth. But what do you think young high school conservatives can do in order to get more politically active in one piece of advice that you would give them? Well, get involved. So you are. <laughs> you're talking to me, you're doing a podcast, you've got a team. Get involved, like learn everything about the campaigns. I mean, you will learn even from door knocking, you will learn how to talk to people, you will learn, you know, the different components of a campaign, the organization, get involved, you'll hear the issues, you're going to get a feel for what the electric is thinking, saying, uh, you know, it, it is just jump in. And uh, I, you know, if you're not scared, I, I'm always nervous. And that's a good sign. Because, you know, you're on, you know, you it, it, it emboldens you to get out there. You can't let fear stop you. So get involved in the person. You just got to do it. As I said, if you're running as a candidate, if you want to get, you just, you just go and do it. <laughs> you just do it. You'll learn it. There's people there. You're not solo. You know, it, it's team building. Sometimes it might be small team, but you're out there, you're learning and you can have fun doing all this. You know, you can have fun. I, sometimes I forget, uh, you know, you can get, there's a large majority of support that are happy they're in a democracy that a whole bunch of people are running and then you know there's just a few that are going to give you a really really hard time which you just get used to taking so sometimes you know I've certainly thickened my skin I used to nurse and everybody loved me and then I got in politics and not everybody loves you so <laughs> there's some development <laughs> um, as you go through that but that's just it, it's great it's a great preparation for light it's a great exposure and uh, you know when I my nieces would join me and we'd have the van wrap with my name on and I just said uh, not everybody loves Aunt Lori and my face is on this van so get ready for it <laughs> uh, but you do it and I'm very optimistic we'll um, form government again but we take nothing for granted and we've worked really hard for four years and I want to work really hard for another four years and preferably in the government side <laughs> For sure. And I mean, 
obviously, like you said, there's no shortage of involvement this year. I mean, this is a planned election. It's not going to be a snap election. So we know when it's happening. And I'm sure that we'll have a full great slate of candidates in all 124 ridings, I think. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's a couple more than federal. I know federal, there's 122. So it's like 124. There's definitely, you live in a riding and you have multiple neighboring ridings. So no shortage of opportunities. So that's a great way to get involved. And you're right about that. Just get involved. So thank you, Lori, for your time today. We really appreciate you being with us and we wish you well in the future and good luck in the campaign and the, the election that's going to be coming far sooner than any of us want it to, for sure. Thank you so much. So that is it. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. We can, You can look for more videos coming soon. Make sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok accounts at Ontario HS Cons for info about our next interview and for more great content. Check out our website, OntarioHSConservatives.org to learn more about us, see our projects, and for more great content. For our YouTube viewers, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and don't forget to click the notification bell so you never miss a video. For our podcast listeners, make sure to follow us and stay updated with new episodes. We hope to see you all soon.